Can learning transform your life? This is Impact Learning with Maria Zinedou, a podcast where you will hear personal stories about how we learn, work, and live in the connection economy. Together with her guests, she will teach you to design your learning journey and create the life you want. On today's episode, talk about impact learning. Um, when you put your back against the wall, um, usually there's only one way, and that's to is to learn and to kind of figure things out. Hey, it's Maria, and you are listening to Impact Learning. Hey, David. Welcome to Impact Learning. Hi, Maria. Thanks for having me. How are you today? I'm doing amazing. How about you? I'm doing very well, although it's raining. <laughs> uh, where are you uh, right now? I'm currently at my apartment in Williamsburg, New York. So, David, you and I met uh, last summer uh, during the podcasting fellowship. And when I reflect uh, upon all the wonderful things that happened uh, since then, crossing paths with you continues to be a highlight for me. Oh, that's uh, very, very kind of you, Maria. I, I only think the same and more. And I can't believe it's been less than a year, almost a year. And to think about uh, how many conversations and, and uh, what we've done together is just truly uh, remarkable. So thank you. So where were you born? And what's your favorite childhood memory? Mm, that's a great question. So I was, I grew up and was born in Northern Virginia. I um, uh, grew up in a, in a town called Great Falls, Virginia. And I think for me, in addition to growing up in an incredible family, a childhood memory that always kind of sticks with me is uh, when I started elementary school, I was in a, in a Japanese immersion program. So half of my early education was in Japanese and half of it was in English. The half, half Japanese, half English lasted all the way through first through sixth grade. And then as I went to middle school and high school, it, the Japanese immersion language was offered as more of an elective. But uh, don't, don't worry and don't quiz me. I, I don't know too much of it anymore, although uh, I can make a, a sushi roll if you want. <laughs> So what did you study in college? In college, I was a double major in, in finance and economics. And um, I used to love uh, numbers growing up. And, and a lot of the stuff that I would spend, I guess, on the weekends and, um, and also kind of the first start of the morning and stuff was always just being around numbers and stats. I used to always read the sports section in the local paper and just was always fascinated with numbers and when I got into college, I was interested in continuing this education and pursued finance and economics and um, was just interested in that field because I think I was, uh, on a relative basis, was better at it than some of the other courses offered. And uh, what was your first job after college? Unfortunately, right after I graduated college and um, I, I traveled into Europe with some friends for, for two or three months. And, and once I got back, um, it was a little bit kind of clear um, or a little bit known before then, but my dad got sick right after college and um, he passed away from cancer um, shortly thereafter. So 
Um, at that time, I, I kind of grew up quickly and I relied on my family and, and my dad a lot growing up. And I'm really grateful for that environment, the loving family and uh, a nice quality of life. And after my dad's passing, I had to grow up, I think, as, as a man and as a professional a lot quicker um, than I had ever before. So, yeah, that definitely was a, was a, a fork in the road, and, um, but uh, it made me a lot stronger. And, um, it, but, um, yeah, it was, it was very hard, and I, I miss my dad immensely. And um, I'm grateful for some of the, um, the efforts that the local community and friends and family have done to um, continue my dad's interest and my dad's love for, for the family and the local community. And I'm um, just grateful to be able to, uh, to try to live a life that I think he, uh, that he would be interested in and, and hopefully respect. I'm sorry for your loss and uh, thank you for sharing with us. Thank you, Maria. Yeah, um, we've had Team Nabinski has been going on in, in the DC area. So uh, shout out to the local supporters um, that have helped our, our efforts, including the, the O'Neill family for the, the Boo Run for Life. Um, initiative that um, and race that they've hosted that we've uh, my family has been a, a part of for the last um, couple of years. Would you like to uh, tell us a little bit more about what is this about? So my dad uh, unfortunately passed away from kidney cancer, and it is one of the least funded types of cancer uh, cure initiatives. So mm -hmm. there's just a lack of funding that's going on for that. Um, and so uh, another family in the DC area, it actually was a, an MBA a project by Brian O'Neill at, at school, I think at the University of Maryland. And while he was at school, he decided to, because he lost his dad from um, kidney cancer, he decided to um, throw a, an organizer race. And um, it's a it's called Boo Run for Life. And during the course, he, they said, you know what, you should actually do this. So he did it. And then my family, we found out about it a year or two later. And we um, have had a team ever since then and to raise money and awareness for kidney cancer uh, research. And um, yeah, that was, I've been very grateful for that opportunity to um, yeah, continue to raise awareness and, and uh, a little bit of funds for that cause and at the same time build community and uh, forward progress for, for me and my family. When my dad passed away, I think that was a, a truly a, a defining moment and a turning moment for me to kind of wake up and become a man, hopefully, and truly start to think about my life a lot more and um, just be grateful for everything that has happened in the past, but also um, do as much as I, I, as I can for the people that I care about. So I, I learned to become a lot more resourceful, a lot more grateful, a lot more um, hardworking than I'd ever had uh, before then. And since like, uh, we've known each other, but we've worked quite intensely, almost every day since you know summer of uh, 2018 i can uh, attest that these three things that you talked about you know the being grateful resourceful and hard working are uh, three uh three different let's say words that i would use to describe you mm, thank you thank you so much maria and 
I'm learning with you, and I think uh, you set an, an incredible example for me to, uh, to follow, uh, so thank you. Okay, so now let's go back now after this, I guess, transition or evolution time and defining moment. Now, what did you decide to do next in terms of your work? Yeah, so after Outback Steakhouse, which I also worked there in college and um, that was a lot of fun, but um, after that I started working for an investment bank um, called Robert W. Baird in, in Tyson's Corner and was utilizing the finance uh, interests that I had in terms of financial modeling and understanding um, capital markets like uh, the stock market. So I, I worked for Robert W. Baird as an equity re research analyst, and um, I worked there through the, the boom and the bust of, of 2007 and the boom, and then through, uh, I think, 2010. So I, I spent about three and a half years um, I'm grateful for that opportunity and, and, and learned a lot during that time. What comes next? How did you, uh, because also I, I noticed that you moved to San Francisco. How, what happened and you went there? Yeah, so after R.W. Baird or Robert W. Baird, I, I was interested, while well, I was learning a lot there and was working really hard, I, I, and the, the type of work that I was doing was related to the real estate industry, so commercial real estate. So, you know, both of us are in generally the New York City area. And so thinking about how large buildings get built, why they get built, you know, how is it serving the local community, um, who, who utilizes the space, uh, and for what reasons. Um, I became interested in that, that field because of the more um, relationship driven nature that was, I felt like there was a lot more to kind of follow the, the business cycle uh, compared to the financial work that I was doing was, was a little bit less to see that, you know, where, where your input would go in terms of output, but in terms of the work in real estate, you can see it a lot, a lot more. And I just thought it was a really, um, there were some great people that I thought were in the industry and were great friends. And I just wanted to kind of learn from that, from that sector. And I worked in that field for in DC area for almost uh, four more years until <laughs> almost about I think five years ago today I decided to take a leap from the DC area and move to San Francisco and I was just interested in in something else and wanted to take a a, a chance and and you know and really start to learn a little bit more I think that I um, wanted to see what else there was out there in terms of my life and, and my career and my learning ability. And so, yeah, I took a plunge, moved out to San Francisco and talk about impact learning. Um, when you put your back against the wall, um, usually there's only one way and that's to, is to learn and to kind of figure things out. So um, I moved to San Francisco in, yeah, about five years ago and um, it was a really incredible experience. And uh, which industry and what type of uh, job uh, were you doing in San Francisco? I was interested and I had been testing it a little bit or experimenting with it in the DC area, which was um, the ride sharing industry. So I'd driven for Uber um, in, in the DC area as a way to make some extra money and to kind of meet some new people, experience culture in a little bit different way. Um, it was a lot of fun. And so I thought, you know what? If no matter what, if I move to San Francisco, I can do that. And 
So I did that and had a relationship with a, a startup um, founder that was out there that was related to real estate. And, and then I also did some freelance work for a real estate uh, property owner. Um, and so when I first moved out there, I had, yeah, like three different jobs. And um, I think <laughs> that was probably the early seeds of this, uh, the portfolio career, like the startup of myself. Like how did you choose these three different things? Was it basically about income? Was it about things that you, they were available to you? Did you have to go like and try to find one or create one? How did the, how did these three things fall in place? Yeah. There. So the, the startup that I mentioned, I'd known one of the co-founders. He was a good friend in college. And um, so we, we've had conversations and I knew that there was an opportunity to, to work for, with him and, and that company. Um, but it was a startup and, you know, you moved to San Francisco and, you know, it's an expensive place. And the startup at that time, it was, uh, there was a lot of opportunities to learn and, and not as much uh, financial resources compared to, to larger companies. So, and I also was new to the city, so I wasn't entirely sure what I wanted to do. And I think I wanted to experiment. So I wanted to get to know the local culture. So, you know, I was, I remember started driving for, for, for sidecar out there and was just meeting a bunch of people and was asking them and just saying, Hey, I'm new to San Francisco. What should I do? Or, you know, what do you like to do? And, um, and then the other opportunity was uh, through a relationship through some of the prior work that I've been doing in DC. Um, so yeah, it was kind of splitting my time in a lot of different places and uh, it was fun. Okay, very good. And how, how many years did you live in San Francisco? I lived there for two years and I think I still had stuff in San Francisco for another couple of months before I had moved to New York. Okay. And did you, so two years is a relatively short time, especially if you moved already from, you know, from another city. So did you, did you want to leave San Francisco or did you want to go to New York or both of them? I think at that time I was just working so hard for the startup that I just was trying to do as much as I could for that company. And I think I made a, a lot of other different sacrifices. Um, but my, my main focus was just trying to grow that company and, and to um, work on that as much as I could. So um, we, me and the two co-founders had gone to New York City and, and, um, for, like a, for a week. And at the, end of, at the end of the week, we were kind of deciding and recapping um, kind of what's next. And there was, I, I raised, I think I raised my hand and I said, you know, I don't think it's going to be hard to work on these opportunities from either San Francisco or DC. I think somebody needs to be in New York city. And I, and <laughs> I think I said, and I think that person should be me. And I hadn't planned on it. I didn't necessarily know what the outcome of that conversation was going to be, but it ended up turning to be, you know, a lot of fun. And I think I'm really grateful for that. And I'm really, um, it's been a journey since, but I think, you know, living in New York City now, three years or so uh, has been, you know, uh, a really highlight of my life so far. 
Okay, and so for how long did you continue to to work for the startup while you now you were living in New York? So I moved to New York kind of in the the summer of 2016. You know, um, it started off as kind of a little bit like a one week, a one month, and you know, kind of conversation after the end of that week or that month of how are things going. That was the summer of 2016, and then. I continued to working for that startup in New York City till August of 2017. Mm-hmm. And what are the, I guess, the most important learnings uh, during this time that you worked for the startup? What people say, and I would totally attest to it, is working at an early stage startup and at the right, at the right time and the right place and, and the right fit can really be a truly truly meaningful and impactful learning experience, just like, you know, the name of this podcast, Impact Learning. And yeah, I'm very grateful for things that I learned that I never thought was possible. That was when I first got my, um, you know, exposure to software. First time I got exposure to um, fundraising for a company. First time I got exposure for hiring for a company. Um, You know, large scale kind of complex partnerships, a lot of different things that Um, I just think I saw opportunities or there's opportunities that came to the company um, for us to kind of learn. And we decided to say yes. And, you know, and and you kind of go along with with that ride. Mm -hmm. And uh, I guess because of the startup environment, although you may, you may have, let's say one role or one kind of job, you, you, as I understand, you had many different kinds of responsibilities and many different things you were learning. So again, one role, but in terms of career and uh, learning, many different aspects. Absolutely, yeah. At that role, I had so many different uh, roles. You worked there until August of uh, 2017. Uh, why did you change? Yeah, it's a great question and uh, something that I, I still kind of think about. But I think at that time, I just I realized I wasn't learning as much and I realized that I wasn't contributing as much. And so... I didn't really know what was next, um, but I just knew it wasn't, it just didn't really feel right. And um, it was tough. I had put a lot into that company. It was a lot of who I thought I was. And yeah, I had a lot of friends through it. And, but I just decided, you know, it's just not, it's just not working out. So I left that company and really grateful for that opportunity. But um, yeah, I decided to leave and, and just start piecing together, I think, my portfolio then um, and kind of get back to a, a, an experimenting and a learning environment and where places and opportunities that I can learn and, and contribute uh, to other people and to other companies. So, yeah, that moment reminded me of, uh, of very similar to when I moved out to San Francisco and just starting um, to really start learning a lot then. Mm-hmm. I want to, to dig in a little bit more of, uh, on the point that you said that reminded you of something else. Uh, what do you mean by that? Is it like what you, what you were thinking about, what you were feeling? What does this remind you of mean? Yeah, Maria, it, it reminded me of just, you know, you don't know where you're going to go, but, you know, you've got you to do something else. And so it reminds me of when I was in D.C. and I just decided that I needed to move to San Francisco and similar type of thing in, in August of 2017 is, you know, I just knew it wasn't, wasn't right for me at the time. So had to make a change and, you know, and you just start figuring things out uh, day by day. 
uh, after that. Okay, and so you left, and did you start thinking about what could be, you know, next, or did you leave and then you start uh, you started working on that? I I didn't really, you know, have much of a plan. Um, I worked on a couple of different things, and then that's when I started to have this kind of uh, portfolio uh, career going again, and the. And I just was learning and experimenting a bunch of different things. I also was meeting a lot of new people in New York City at the time and was just seeing a different, different way of, of living than I had seen in kind of San Francisco or in D.C. Uh, from the kind of the circles that I was in. And yeah, I was just was really inspired by uh, the people and, and grateful for the people that I was meeting in New York at that time. And yeah, it then started getting you know, some questions from people because I was working on a couple of different things and um, I'd started to see other people were doing this and I never, was, I never had really figured out how uh, people were able to really kind of balance and design their lives as much. And um, coming from kind of the startup world before, it was, it was a lot more about, you know, all in on one company and stuff. And um, I think I was starting to have a lot more of a balanced life that I was really enjoying. Um, yeah. And then, you know, the podcasting fellowship came around and I'm grateful for that opportunity, that new program. And when I saw that, it was just, was kind of like the perfect timing to kind of express and to learn and to um, further share ideas related to this, this new way of, of living that I, uh, that I hadn't really thought about as much and, but I was, I was really excited about it and I wanted to learn more and more and more about it. So started a podcast. When um, Seth Godin announced the podcasting fellowship, he, I think that was a Friday and then there was an application and I submitted it like the next night and, you know, my vision on portfolio career podcast was in that application and you know, and that's what I wanted to do. It's, it was kind of hard. Sometimes I, I haven't been, and I know you do a great job of this. I, I don't journal as much or I don't have as much of a writing practice. So sometimes I think things kind of rattle in my brain and I kind of saw this, this opportunity and it was just the first thing that popped in my head. And in terms of creating a podcast, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't really know that I wanted to to create one until I saw this as well. Uh, I saw it as a as a learning opportunity. I'd been familiar with the Alta MBA and and a big fan of Seth Godin's work, and I just saw this as an opportunity to to learn and to hopefully make a podcast. But um, yeah, I didn't really, I wasn't really set out to do so until I saw this uh, announcement. Okay, and. Uh... What is your podcast? So it is Portfolio Career. Tell us what it is for and who it's for. Yeah, it's a great question. So what it is, is for the most part, I interview people that are living a portfolio career lifestyle, people that have work on multiple different projects that are not associated with one job. Um, they can be a local community builder. They could have, you know, different streams of income. They could be a conference organizer. They could be uh, a creative. And, uh, and so how they design their life and how they balance, you know, all of this from, uh, you know, paying rent to uh, making contributions to uh, society was really, really fascinating to me. So um, that's, I mostly interview people that, 
live this lifestyle, but then also people that are, can help support people that are interested in the lifestyle like coaches. So, and who it's for, um, I think it's for, I think it's for people that are looking to transition from either uh, a existing call it nine to five and they're looking for, you know, a new, a new path forward. Um, I also think it um, is for people that are trying to, um, you know, trying to design their life, trying to find a new side hustle, trying to find a new uh, platform or a new profile of how other people are, are working. I think, you know, um, these types of lifestyles were not really known to me when I was graduating college. And, and so I think it's really interesting. And I think it, um, you know, hopefully maybe helps people that are getting out of college as well to try to think about, you know, what their life could look like as well. Mm-hmm. And so, so I understand that now you are, you have a, a portfolio career yourself and you have current projects and you are thinking of new projects. And at the same time as the podcast host, you want to help others so they can see the opportunity that comes with a portfolio career. Absolutely. Yeah. So what has changed for you personally, for your portfolio career since you launched your podcast? Yeah, a lot. I think I've worked on uh, a couple of different projects since I launched the podcast. And I think, A, I'm super grateful to be a coach in the podcasting fellowship with you. Um, That's been an incredible, incredible experience. I'm so grateful to be able to continue to learn how to be a a better podcaster. Um, And then also to to be a coach in that type of uh, profession or that type of skill, uh, something I hadn't done before. And I think it's... uh, it's really interesting and it's also really, I think it can be really fulfilling for, for everybody to be some type of coach, some type of teacher to, you know, just a small group, but I'm really grateful for this opportunity. Um, it's meant a lot to me. And so I think through the podcast, you know, there's been a, a couple of different things. I helped to start up uh, with their podcast. Um, you know, I worked on a conference. Uh, I was a recruiter. You know, so I think I've worked on through after starting the podcast through now, I've worked on a couple of different projects. And at the end of the day, I think the podcast to me is is more of my anchor or more of my um, something that I'm, you know, always kind of thinking about and, and deeply passionate about. But I'm looking at other projects as well to always kind of rebalance my life and learn new skills and um, and see how I can make things better. Okay, so one thing that came up today uh, on LinkedIn was related to how personalized are your the emails you send, like your newsletter, and how it's like we all feel like you wrote it specifically for you know for us. So is this something that you are also interested in developing? Because this is something I think that a lot of us, especially on the discussion, see that there is a lot of value. Thank you, Maria. And I think, you know, I've, so what had happened is through my podcasting journey, um, I had some people that had mentioned to me, I really like the way you send emails. And I didn't really know that that was, you know, something that was valued until I had a conversation with people. And some people said, oh, you should share this. You should tell people about this. And, um, and so, you know, when it happens a couple of times, um, then you start to listen a little bit. So 
I, I had a workshop in New York City called Empathy Email Workshop and uh, just had it like a little bit of an overview of just some things that I, how I email and yeah. And, and I have a newsletter as well. And I'm, I've been on the recipient of some, some, some bad emails and, um, and I've, I guess through some conversations I've had some people like the way I send emails. So if it can help people improve the quality of their life, uh, increase their business, increase their, uh, performance and their experience. I'm happy to try to find ways to either that's workshops for uh, people, for email coaching, um, or give more presentations on some of the, some things that I've learned or some ways that I've um, been um, emailing. But it's new to me, and I think you know the main takeaways are it's just trying to streamline thoughts. And I think sometimes I've, whenever it's just being clear and concise in terms of what the email is for. And what is it and who is it for? And so that's what I have been doing. And I think, you know, it started with interview requests with podcasts and stuff. So being very, it's a complex email. And so how do you make it very simple and easy for people to understand uh, to say yes? And I think from that process, I've continued to do that in more and more emails. And I think that that's what um, some people have been um, talking about. That's great. And uh, now this will take me to the next question. What have you learned uh, by going, going through the fellowship as a student now and then as a podcast host? What are, let's say, a couple of things that you've learned during that journey, excluding the coaching? I want to talk about coaching separately. Yeah. So as a student, you know, as I mentioned a little bit before, I'd never recorded. Um, I'd done some in-person interviews. Um, at events, but I never had recorded um, podcast conversations or interviews. Um, so that learning the technical components of it was brand new to me. Uh, I definitely was scared the in the beginning, and you know, being in the the podcasting fellowship with a community to um, you know sh- share small recordings and and sample recordings, and you know, having other people comment on your voice and how it sounds and how to improve it. I'd never really done that before. And so really grateful for it to kind of get better at that and gain more confidence and more clarity about that. Um, but even my first interview was with, was with my roommate and the first couple of minutes, I mean, I couldn't even really announce my name in the podcast. And so, you know, I was definitely um, scared, but it's like anything. I think when it's new, it's hard, but um, 52 episodes later, I feel, um, a little bit more comfortable, but each time it's, you know, it's fun. And, um, so through that, through the fellowship, I, yeah, I learned the technical components of how to record a podcast, how to, you know, edit audio, and then how to host on a, a platform like Simplecast and then, you know, publish to different platforms like Apple Podcasts and Spotify and then, you know, kind of communicating the, the message and the, the learnings from the podcast as well. So, f- soup to nuts. That uh, last comment uh, reminded me of when we met that uh, anything you were learning, you know, by doing yourself or from someone else, you would uh, like share it with, uh, with the community. Uh, I remember that, that uh, there was a lot of, you know, content and information that you were sharing uh, very, very generously, 
that you were learning, you were, you know, figuring it out how to do, and you were sharing it with all of us. And I remember that was probably the first thing I, I noticed, you know, uh, about you, how generous and also how, how many different things you would go and figure out, <laughs> which is a, it's a, it's a skill. But when I look at, you know, the job that you did in the startup, that, you know, you have to really look at things and figure out things quickly and also very different things. Now I understand, you know, like some, because you, are, you were like very natural, you know, like it was something that it's, it was not the first time you were doing that. It was very clear you were like a pro. It's like, okay, he will figure it out and then he will come and tell us. That was, mm -hmm. that was what I was thinking about you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, again, recording was new to me, but I had never been in a peer-to-peer -peer learning environment like that where you know any idea or any learning any contribution is appreciated and so you know I just hadn't been in a in a, a safe workshop environment like that so once I saw that other people were um, would at least you know say good job or thank you then I learned to just continue to to share and as I was listening to them and was improving my work, then I would report back and, and vice versa. And I think that that kind of impact learning cycle was, was very powerful and I'm very grateful for it because, you know, would not be here without it, clearly. Yep, you're right. And I, and I, I can also say the same thing for, for myself. What do you enjoy the most by, about being a coach? It's a great question. I first of all, super, super grateful for that opportunity. And uh, it's been extremely, extremely meaningful to me. And, um, you know, so, some of the best, some of the best feelings and the best uh, work that I've ever done and, and felt. So really, really grateful for that opportunity. And I think, uh, so what did I learn as a coach? I learned how to, you know, improve my work. And then I, things that I really enjoyed is, is helping other people. And, um, you know, I knew I had similar feelings just a couple of months ago or a couple of weeks ago and still have some of those feelings too. So understanding what somebody else is, is going through and, and where they want to go and just knowing that I'm, you know, just an episode or two in front of them, um, and hopefully sharing that to, to help other people become the podcasters that they want to be and seeing where, you know, some conversations that I've had because of launching the podcast and knowing that other people are close to um yeah that's been that's been a lot of fun and uh rewarding and is there anything uh anything additional that you've learned about yourself like your capabilities what matters to you the most anything along these lines yeah a lot i think you know how i look at the world is definitely different. And I think that, um, you know, my mom was a teacher in high school and, um, and I think, you know, helping other people get to where they want to be is some of the most important work that's out there. And um, so having the opportunity to do that and to support other people has been um, very meaningful and has, has changed the way kind of my values are and, and, and kind of the work that I want to do. Um, and be more and more aligned to this type of work. I think I just, every different conversation I have is a little bit different now too. You know, I, I'm listening more intently to people. I'm 
understanding what I don't know from talking to other people as well. Um, just because I think through this process, I've, I've learned to just really try to learn as much as possible and listen and slow down a little bit, even though <laughs> we're here in New York City where everything's really fast. Um, I think, you know, how important it is to truly try to understand what people want to say or the questions that they're not asking. So I'm really learning more about how to be a better listener. And I think as a podcaster, you're constantly doing that. Mm -hmm. And being as a coach, you're constantly doing that too. So um, I'm trying to improve on those skills. And I think you are doing a fine job. <laughs> and <laughs> I, and I, Thanks, I know Maria. it's not, uh, we've, bond, we've both uh, shared the journey, you know, since the beginning. And you are a few episodes ahead, but this is fine. Uh, but, but I think... What I've seen, David, is, you know, the generosity and the hard work and the always, you know, curiosity to learn. I remember these things. I, I saw them from, from the beginning, from day one. I think you are very intentional and also knowledgeable. You also have the empathy and the generosity. Like, seriously, if someone says, you know, could someone coach me on the podcast and I need to do this? I think the first person that comes to mind is you. And I, and I really mean that. It's not just a compliment. I really, I really mean it from the bottom of my heart. Hmm. Thank you so much, Maria. I'm going to let that one sink in. That, that truly means a lot. And, you know, considering the generosity and the way that you communicate and connect and contribute um, to others, and uh, that really means a lot. And I think, you know, I think understanding, yeah, I just try to, I've never been in an environment like this. And so, um, if I find if I think there's a way that I can help, uh, I would like to, or at least contribute, then I would like to. And um, yeah, just never been in a, an environment like this where it's um, encouraged and supported and celebrated. So before I ask my last question, is there any uh, any final thought that you would like to share with us that uh, we did not have the chance to talk about? Try to put yourself in impact learning environments that you want to be and to surround yourself with the right kind of community to help you and support you and, and not necessarily the kind of the, the circle or the, uh, you know, what, what other, the other story that other people are saying. So, you know, just try to find your tribe and try to find your people and yeah, just to keep continuing these impact learning cycles, I think. You know, the more and more you do so, the more and more you learn about yourself and how you can um, continue to be a better person and um, and hopefully help more people. So that's what I think is, you know, once I've you know been through these these programs, I just have been so inspired to keep doing them and trying to find ways to yeah keep learning about myself and 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 to hopefully help other people. Thank you. Uh, where can our listeners find you? Uh, listeners can find me, they can listen to my podcast if they would like, uh, Portfolio Career Podcast. It's on all of the major platforms. It's also on a New York City radio station, um, Upper West Side Radio, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday nights. Um, so you can listen to it there. Um, you can go to my website, PortfolioCareerPodcast.com, where you can you know, kind of click on the episodes and see kind of show notes and, and follow along that way. Um, so you can find me there. You can also find me on LinkedIn and yeah, maybe there's a couple other ways, but I'm around. I'm just an email away. Just like, you know, I try to tell people, uh, you're just an, an email away from 
kind of changing your story and changing where you, where you could go. So reach out. Thank you. Thank you very much. David, it was a pleasure. Uh, thank you for sharing uh, your journey with us and uh, some of the uh, forks in the road. I really appreciated that and I'm grateful for the discussion. Mm, thanks so much, Maria. I'm grateful for this conversation and um, grateful for um, our friendship. Thank you. So see you on Discourse. <laughs> Sounds good, Maria. Can't wait. Bye-bye. Bye. I hope you found this episode useful. If you enjoy listening to Impact Learning, I would appreciate if you would share it with your friends who are interested in the future of learning and work. You could also leave us a review on iTunes or your preferred podcast platform. A new episode of Impact Learning will be published every Thursday. Thanks for listening. And remember, we can talk about learning, we can design it, or we can do both. This is Impact Learning. I'm your host, Maria Zenidou. Till next time.